Welcome to the Film Look Podcast, where we try and achieve it one shot at a time. I am one half the Film Look Robert Carr. We're also joined by the other half of the Film Look Richard Scott. That is me. And then we're also joined by the third official, unofficial member of the Film Look, Christian Foreman. Hello. Um, do you, any Bond fans in the room? Oh, big Bond fan. Big no, Bond I'm a Bond very Bond mediocre fan. Bond fan. Really? I like a couple of them. Most of them. Can it stand? Oh, I'm not saying they're any good, but I'm a big Bond fan. <laughs> right. I mean, you had the, you've got all the tapes and well, everything, Well, you are over six yeah. feet tall, so you are yeah. a big Bond fan. <laughs> yeah. Um, you've got all the tapes and stuff, don't you? Pretty much. Yeah, he was the first person that I used to dress up as as a kid. Like he was the first person. I think Bond Just, led me to my love of films. You could be Bond. You you've got like a Bond look, don't you? Yeah, I used to I raid my granddad's uh, closet and steal some braces and um, make a oh, gun nice. ho- gun holster. Yeah, and yeah, walk around with a nice. gun at all times. Nice. Who yeah, was I, I did used to walk around with a yeah. gun in, in me jacket. Yeah. <laughs> who's your uh, Who's your favorite Bond? Oh, that's a difficult question. It has to be Pierce Brosnan, just because he was like our. Um, generation, generation Bond, yeah, yeah. But um, he's the first one you think of when you think of Bond. Yeah, just because he's the, gold, he's the face. Goldeneye was so big during my during my youth. Um, but then I, th- I quite liked uh, Roger Moore. Oh, really? Yeah, that's Roger, a very different Roger Moore. A lot of people don't like. Well, I'm not a big fan of Roger Moore. I think some no, of his like some Roger of his Moore. films are the b- better Bond films. So I would the story say. wise, better yeah, Bond films. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, here's a little fact about uh, Sean Connery. In every single one of his Bond performances, he wore a wig. Did he? Did yeah. he really? Mm-hmm. Has he not every, got any hair? Every, every single one. According to this um, fact on uh, this website. Really? Yeah. He wow. wore What's a wig. fact check? Where'd you get that from? Um, Fake news. Ink tank? <laughs> Fake news. And there's a, little, there's a, there's a picture. He's, he's barely got any it's hair on his head anyway. Yeah. Ah, yeah. So apparently... He's got a bit of a receding hairline. That is a wig. Ah. Um, Christian, tell us what we're doing today on this podcast. Coming up on today's podcast, we have news and views where we're going to be talking about gear releases, industry news and interesting filmmaking videos that we've seen this week. And then we're going to be talking about our topic discussion, which is, I haven't got here. What which is, is it? does it matter what you shoot on? There you go. And then after that, we've got the segment called, you haven't seen that? I haven't seen that. Sorry. Where we'll be discussing a film that one or more of us hasn't seen and dissecting its filmmaking properties. And this week's film is Martin Scorsese, good, Martin Scorsese's Goodfellas. <laughs> Uh, at the end, we'll be answering some questions sent to us on Twitter, where you can find us at the Film Look. If you want to answer, if you want us to answer your questions, throw us a line over on Twitter. And throughout the podcast, Rob and Rich will be competing in a filmmaking trivia challenge. I'm very excited about this week's. It's a new one. I think it's going to run and run. Um, so what are we up to now? Season two. Season two. I'm winning one nil, I believe. One nil. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. News and views. No, no, no. News and views. <laughs> I thought I would like try a little spin on it there. Didn't you work. Told Sorry, me about guys. That <laughs> so news and views this week. Um, <laughs> to be honest, I haven't had a great deal of time to prepare for this. So it's only job. Only job. And I do the intro. That's well. true. Um, and so, the outro. And the outro. Yeah, I do. I do those things. And we all take a leg each when we put the table together. Yeah, <laughs> we do all that. It's a three-legged so, table. <laughs> So, the news and views this week, it's the news and the views is the same thing, pretty much. So, I'm going to go with some news. So, Rode have brought a new mic out. We use Rode mics, uh, got a couple of them. And they've got a new, like, Rode Video Mic Pro Plus Pro Plus out. Um, and this one, you know what, looks wicked. It's does kinda, it sound good? I don't know, I've never heard I imagine one. it probably it does. It probably does, yeah. yeah. But it's kind of, we've been using the Rode mics and they've all got the little quirks. But And I think this one, they're finally, after making many, because there's, there's quite a few Rode mics out there, mm. um, they've kindly, finally getting to one and this Pro Plus is kind of adding everything into it. It's and all it's the improved. bits you kind of needed about the, the other ones. Yes. So what, what are some of the wicked features? So, that first of all, um, it can. it's got its own battery now. 
so you don't need... Um, oh, yeah, it's a rechargeable battery, isn't it? Yeah, it's a rechargeable battery. Uh, you can put two double A's in now, so that, that also helps. Oh, that's better than so a, a, a... What was it? A, nine a volt. Nine volt, yeah. yeah. But the battery lasts about 80 hours, uh, which is pretty damn good, and it'll say it's on low battery when it's still got 10 hours left. So, you know, you're not going to really run out. It's going to tell you well beforehand. You're not yeah. going to worry. And none of us really do that. They don't really give you so much of an indication. Um, it's all go- also got its own wire, so you can kind of have its own custom wires. Yeah, because like the, the, the current one has, has like a bit dangling off, doesn't it? Yeah. So um, you can you can pull this off both ends. Yeah, pull it off both ends. And you can also plug it in straight into XLR as well. So if you've got XLR camera, which needs the input, it's it can plug straight into that with a different wire, which is really cool. Right. Um, the Obviously with DSLRs and stuff, um, I've done this many of times, pressed, the, pressed record on the camera, but for, forgot to put the mic on or forgot yeah. to turn the mic off. But what you do is um, when you press record on your camera, or when you turn your camera on, sorry, it the mic comes so the on. the signal goes in, it, yep. it turns the mic on itself. Which might seem like a, a silly thing, but we've all done it. But yeah, I mean, what are the procedures before you can finally hit record? Turn it on, get your exposure, get your focus. And by the time you've done all of that, you went, all right, I'll hit record. Oh, and turn the microphone on. <laughs> didn't turn the mic on. Yeah. Um, all of the buttons now are on more the outside, so there's no like fiddling inside, changing um, you know, plus twenty, plus minus ten, stuff like yeah. that. It's you know, it's a little bit easier to use. Um, and one big feature which I really do like is it's got two uh, ways to record. So you can the right side can be plus twenty, and the left side can be minus ten. So you've you've, you've got a backup in case you yeah. clip the audio. So you, you, which is always very handy to have because so do, that must make it stereo and then it's a left and a right. Then yeah, it will yeah. do. So you'll just obviously. You just have to fill fill the right yeah, with the in left. post, which is yeah. it's so easy to do it's in easy post. To do, yeah. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, like I says, I think this one has they've brought it out, and it's the best version of the mic. Um, it's very sleek as well. It looks smaller than the other ones. Yeah, it's you know I think the mount looks very similar. Um, oh, it's the Rycourt mount. It's yeah, the one off the um the newer version, isn't the, it? The VidMic Go. Yes. So it's the one with the the two sets of horns. Yeah. So I think it's Rycourt who invented that, and it's it's a lot it's a lot better than the um, standard. You know the um the video mic pro, so the, the not the plus but the standard pro. Yeah. That has like this elastic, like rubbery crap, and like it always just pulls off. Yeah. It's not very good it, at all. Yeah, I don't think you get any of that, and the batteries are a lot easier to change because we've got the video mic pro in the oh, batteries. Oh, like take nightmare. it out and put it back together because the the door completely comes off, doesn't it? It's yeah. not on a hinge. Yeah. Um, yeah, so, so they basically fixed all the issues with the old one. Yeah, um, that so it can do like it says it can do dual audio. That's called they they calling that uh, digital switching. So that's their technical term for that, all right. which is pretty cool. Yeah, um, I mean like it says it looks really good. Oh, you can plug a USB into it as well, USB um, charger, so you can run it constantly. Oh, okay. So you don't need you don't need batteries, and you could plug it into the wall if you wanted to. Do you, do you really reckon good. you'd be able to power? The microphone using the USB going into your camera. Mm, I don't know. Someone will test that out if you can test that out. That would be good. Um, so this uh, mic is going for it's 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 the most expensive video mic that probably has been on the market. It's two hundred and fifty quid, which is a lot. Yeah, it and, is a know, lot. You know, you get them for about one hundred twenty, one hundred fifty, maybe even a little bit less if you get them second hand. So this this is a lot. Um, but I think it does. It, it seems like it's worth it. It does um, everything. Yeah. It, it's not compromising. It's, so that's why it's that much. I mean, it has just come out, so the price will come down eventually. Yeah. Um, so yeah, and so moving on to views as well, 
it's it's about this this Mike uh, Film Riot. I've done a, a mini review of it. He got they got one cent from Road that he didn't even realize they were they were sending just them did one. A they're sneaky just, surprise, just, you know. I mean, one day, one day, I'm like, mate, just, oh, what's in this package? Oh, what's this? Oh, Sony have just sent over the new FS9. That'll yeah, be that'd be nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, he does a really good breakdown of it, and he doesn't get paid to make these reviews. Um, and he's used it, and he's basically just says everything that I've said um, about why he loves it and why why he thinks it'll be the best one. And obviously, Film Riot is quite a respective, very well respective channel, a household name on YouTube. Yeah. Filmmakers, aren't they? If Ryan Connolly says, you know, this is the best thing to go out and buy you trust him because he he uses it too right um so yeah go check out that video as well because like it says he goes into a little bit more detail and he has actually used the mic we haven't um hopefully you know when we if we ever needed another one we would probably go for this yeah, one if I was breaks, we'll, we'll probably just get that one instead yeah um so yeah that's news and views is very short this week all everything i've said will be in the show notes below so you can go check out those links news and reviews News and views. Oh, sorry. <laughs> do, do you always do the out and I, I do think, the in? I don't know. I think it's how it naturally just happens. I think it is because, yeah, right, you go. News and views. Na, na, na. News and views. Na, na, na. No, that didn't feel right. No. No, not right. So, moving on to the quiz. And this week's quiz has been inspired by this week's film choice, which is Goodfellas. So a big narrative device in Goodfellas, which I'm assuming we'll pick up later on in a bit more detail during... You haven't seen that is its use of voice-over narration. So the, fam- the film famously opens with the line. Can anyone say it? As far Everyone's as I remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster. As far back as I can remember, I always want to be a gangster. Great line. Good line. Um, and although voice-over is generally considered by many as la- a lazy form of screenwriting, would you agree with that? It can be, potentially. Can be. Not in that film, though. Not exactly, not in that film. I think when it's done well, it can pack a hell of a punch. Yep. And I really enjoyed their narration in Goodfellas. So I thought I'd make voiceover narration this week's quiz theme. So I've okay. compiled a list of films that utilise this technique. And I'm going to play you the opening voiceover narration of a film. And you have to tell me what the film is. Oh, Dude, what's, the name, what's the name for this? It's coming. That's, you, that's what it's called? No, no. I've, oh, got, I've got a name that's coming. <laughs> All right, sorry. Um, unless you, unless you've got a better one. And then, and then anyway, for the for a bonus point as well, if you give me the character name of the person who's talking, okay. um, you get a bonus point. So film and character. So I'm going to give you an example. Three billion human lives ended oh, that's on August Terminator 29th, 1997. Yeah. The survivors See, of the I wouldn't have gotten that because I've never seen Terminator. Oh, Could have got a point there. They lived if you made it a real one. Terminator 2 is like nothing like Terminator 1. Other than obviously... Arnie's in it. So, yeah, as Richard correctly um, named, that was the voiceover narration for the opening of Terminator 2, and the character was? Sarah Connor. Sarah Connor, so you would have got a bonus point there. So the reason I chose that example was because of the snappier name for this quiz, which is Terminator. (laughs) (laughs) Yes! Love it. Terminator. Terminator. How long did it take you? Uh, A while. That That one, one, uh, yeah. It's been tried and tested on some audiences. So, so yeah, as we mentioned at the beginning, Rob is winning one nil overall. Um, so we'll we'll jump straight in. So here is voice over narration number one. I'm starting with an easy one to kind of ease us into okay. this. Okay. 
I'm the guy who can get Shawshank Redemption. Oh man! Oh man! I mean, that is the obvious. It's the easiest one. Rob has got a hot tongue. He's got the most recognizable voice in in cinema. Morgan Freeman. Yeah, and that's one of his most the famous role. So, bonus point, Rob. What is the character called? Red. I got it. I got it. Did he? Got it. So yeah, you get two points. I've seen that film a gazillion times. I've yeah. seen it more in bits than I have seen the full thing, I think. Yeah. Right, clip number two. For this one, I cut the first sentence out because I think the first sentence gives a lot away, including the name of the character. So I'm, I'm, okay. I'm just jumping, skipping ahead a bit. Number two. I believe in taking care of myself. Oh, that's American Psycho. In a rigorous exercise. It is. Um, in the morning, if my face is a little puffy, Bateman. I'll put on yeah. an ice pack while yeah. doing my stomach. It is. I'll give you that. So it's Patrick Bateman. Patrick Bateman. American yeah, Psycho. Yeah, yeah. Oh, well done. It was on the tip of my tongue, that one. It's a good game, isn't What's it? What's it yeah. called again? Terminator. <laughs> I was going to make a jingle, but just ran out of time. <laughs> <laughs> I you spent the get... last four hours trying to come up with a name. <laughs> we've got some good names now. So we've got... Taylor uh, Swift. got Taylor, Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift. Top we've got the... Top of the Props. We've got... Terminator. Um, ooh, that film sounds good. Yeah, that's We've good. Got We've got no <laughs> studio. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, those were so good. <laughs> it's <was> like <laughs> studio, <laughs> studio. <laughs> so we need. So I'm just going to keep recycling those games now that we've got them established. Wicked. So yeah. we need some jingles for each of those. Awesome. Yeah. So viewers, if you listeners, if you want to make some jingles for us. Yeah, that'll be good. Yeah, that'll be weird. Probably better mics than I have. <laughs> All right, that's the end of round number one of trivia this week, which Terminator, what did I call it? Terminator. Terminator. Right. <laughs> right, so moving on to this week's topic, which is, what is it? Working for no pay. I can't find it. Right, I'm finding it. Right. <laughs> so there's a lot of de- debate out there about whether the choice of camera matters when you're making a film. A lot of people are heard saying story is king and a fancy camera doesn't equal a great film. Uh, is it true? Is it not true? Does it matter what you shoot on? Let's have a chat. So the first question, uh, Richard, I'll ask you, does story sit at the top of the pyramid or does it matter what you shoot on? And if it does matter, why? Uh, well, both. Obviously, story means the most because if you didn't have a story, it would just kind of be like lots of moving Im- images and you would get a little bit bored, wouldn't you? Um, but it does matter what you, you shoot on. Uh, people say, oh, my God, the camera doesn't matter. They're just lying to themselves, honestly, because if you put a certain type of camera in your hand that works really well compared to something like a, a crappy Sony Handycam, you will have limitations. So we, we say the camera does matter because you got to choose the right tool for the right job. That's my line. <laughs> Stolen, yeah. Um, yeah. Should have asked you first, sorry. Yeah, it does, it does matter. It, for certain stories, you need to use a certain type of camera. Um to tell those stories um you know if you need to shoot something that is um say a horror scene you know everything's quite dark and things like that your camera if you're shooting on a even a cheap um like a 550 600d we shot on them for years you know if you shoot that at low light it's going to have a lot of noise you're going to lose a lot of detail um and it it doesn't mean to say that this this your story is going to be worse but it's you aren't able to deliver that story as well. Yeah, so it's enhancing the writing, enhancing yeah, the story. Yeah, to write it is, yeah. Um, I suppose, yeah, if, if at all it took to make a good film was having fancy equipment, then 
the people with the most money and the most fanciest yeah. equipment would have the best stories. And, and as we all know, that's not the case. There's some terrible films out there that some, have got some lovely yeah, some uh, t- some, yeah, yeah, some some terrible Hollywood films even this year that come out that yeah. have had millions spent on the visuals in the terrible yeah. films. So it's a, I suppose a camera is a big deal, especially when you're starting off. Because well, the camera but, is what you see through, isn't it? Yeah, but, so, uh, but it's also it's a big deal because, well, they're not cheap. These things, you know, some people have to save up for years yeah, to buy true. a camera. Um, so, you know, it's with the ubiquity of cameras in the world now, when you kind of pick up your phone and everyone's got a camera in the back pocket, when is the right time to buy a new camera? Well, the, I bought a DSLR. Um, the main reason was so I could literally just pull focus. So you can't pull pull focus very well if you're not using a, like a, a manual lens or yeah, an actual if you, lens. Yeah, even if you're using a phone as well. Yeah, so with a phone, was it you've got to like tap where where they think it should be going, and obviously like films don't have this horrible like autofocus and then overshoot too far and come back. And if you were making a, a film and it had great production values and the acting was splendid and your costumes were great and your direction was wonderful, if you overshot your focus and it like pulled you out of the film, then you've just completely you've completely broke immersion at that point. So that was one thing, being able to like pull focus from a subject in the foreground to the background, that is an extra tool that my, my old camera couldn't do, that it did enhance my storytelling because I was able to tell the audience, you should be looking at this and then you should be looking at that. So in that case, the story really did make, no, the camera really did make the story better. So what if you can't afford to buy a new camera? I reckon um, if, if you can't afford to buy the next camera i'm sure at some point you you already have something perfectly capable of making a story and don't don't think of it as a limitation try and drive past that you know they say what is it limitation drives creativity so work with the means that you currently have and then if you do get to the point where you you're trying to tell a story and you just can't quite get it because of being able to because you're fighting the kit then maybe start thinking like maybe i should save up and get the next thing yeah, I mean, cameras are expensive, um, but to get something that's got a really good image, like a DSLR, like a 550D, like I says, 600D, um, even in some of the new Sony ones, it's it's just use what you have, like Rich said, and save up, even if it's a quid a day. Eventually, you're going to have, in a couple of months, you, you will be able to then afford that. So why do you think it is such a popular opinion, and why do people? why do you think people so many... Honestly, I think it's people are being pretentious, uh, I think this whole story is kin thing is, is floating around and if if you say it, if you sprout this yeah. thing, if you preach it, then you are a storyteller and a real filmmaker and you're not a, just a gearhead. And honestly, I, I th- honestly think people are just saying it to, well, the, to the, look cool and yeah. sound cool. And the thing is, without right. gearheads to make the films, there wouldn't be any film. So everything is, it's that. Everything is just as important. You need the right thing to tell the right story and the, you need people to tell that story who's good at telling stories and people who can operate cameras yeah. and using these good cameras. I mean, big Hollywood films, they use 50 grand, 100 grand cameras. The reason they do that is because it it breaks down the production time of making the film. So they, they, could, they could be shooting something um, and they can have two, three, 400 grand cameras on set, but they caption f- four different angles. And like we use the example of it's better to do that and have Robert Downey Jr. on set capture his five angles and he only works, say, a day instead of five days, four days. And it's actually cheaper to rent the cameras than 
afford Robert Downey Jr. for three, four days because he gets, every time he does a, an Avengers film or a Marvel film, he gets £50 million pounds for the amount of time. Yeah, we worked it out. It was about 250 grand a day. Yeah, so renting a camera is a lot less than getting so Robert rent, Downey Jr. on So rent two cameras and split the shooting day in half. It's still cheaper than getting Robert Downey Jr. back for some pickups. So he works 20 days, 25 days. He, he, Something he, like that. No, he, that he, was that massive. No, he, he might work a couple of months. He right. might work, say, max three months on the film. But I suppose Robert, Robert Downey Jr. 25 days is about right, though. Yeah, yeah. you would yeah. think so, yeah. I mean, Maybe in split the, that, put the weekends in between. And- when he's doing a, an Avengers, probably about that. He might do a little bit more when it's an Iron Man film because he's in more scenes. Yeah, so. yeah, but he's not in more scenes. The- no, I mean, he's, he's, <laughs> I guess he's, so, yeah. his head's in... <laughs> probably in less scenes. Yeah, his head's in most of them, so... <laughs> So yeah, it's it's that's why they use it because and the, the other thing is the 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 buy big expensive follow focus systems because if, if you that follow focus yeah, breaks and you keep missing you keep missing your focus point and you've got to keep doing take after take after take them takes turn into days yeah days after days after days of not getting it right not getting it right this is why they buy the most expensive and most completely reliable piece yeah. of equipment to be able to pull this off because. Time, time is money. Money's time. You know, it's it's vice versa, and then they, they need that because they'll, they'll just cost too much. And obviously, this is taking this to the complete extreme. Us as like little indie filmmakers, uh, this doesn't really count as much as it would with a Hollywood production. But we can still take these things into consideration. So, just think about the story you're well, trying to tell, and and really do like the camera does. It does matter. At well, the end of the day. a couple of weeks ago, I watched um, a film riot video. You know, I watch all the, their stuff, and they shot something on the fo- on a, the new iPhone, iPhone eight. seven, eight, whatever it's it is. Eight, yeah. I don't know. Um, and they didn't tell anyone it was shot on that. Then next week they went, "Oh, it was shot on this." You know, and people were like, "Oh, wow, that, I'm quite surprised." But then he, he he spoke about how much he had to do to get this camera working. So that that phone's you know eight eight hundred dollars, probably probably about that. But he had to put in like. 100 quid ND filter on the front. He had to put an ice pack on it because it, um, it was overheating. overheating. But yeah. he also had to go back and reshoot things because he didn't realise that it was out of focus. So they had to go back and reshoot. Yes, it was fine because it was in their back garden. They kind of all lived together. You know, oh, can we just get this one again, this yeah. one shot? And it's fine if you can do that, you know. But if you miss something and it's out of focus and you can't go back, that could ruin your film. Yeah. So... It has to, you have to know your, the limitations of your equipment to be able to tell a story well. Everyone everyone does have time constraints. Like it says, if you can't go back, then you might you, you, the, you might have just shot a seven-minute film and that one scene might be completely out of focus. Because, yeah, at the end of the day, the, the camera's a tool, isn't it? Yeah. And you need to get, you have the best tool for the job. Yeah. Or, sh- just, or just know how to use that tool so you're not pushing it too far to tell your stories. Yeah. Know the limitations. Limitation drives drives creativity. Yeah. So, so if you think of it like um, you 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 you're trying to make this this great monument, but all you've got is a is a saw and a chisel. Maybe then you would go right. Maybe I won't make a monument. I'll I'll start off with a with a, a l- table, like a, or a no, little cardboard a, castle or something. You know. No, it's a good analogy too. Actually, so you you need to build a table, and you've only got a, a little a little hammer and a nail whatever I don't know what I'm trying to do do you but know how to get, make a table? you'll get there no I don't <laughs> don't know how to make a table alright <laughs> but you'll get there eventually by using the, the limited equipment you have or you could buy a, 
a table making tool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and get making. A, you know what I mean with the analogy. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> leave, leave the analogies to Richard, okay? But come on, Richard, as, help me out. He's watching as, me and laughing. As long as you know <laughs> that it's going to take that long and it's going to be this hard using the yeah. lesser tool. Yeah, exactly. That's fine if you know that, but don't come, don't think you can't make it if you haven't got. Well, if you can't, if you can't quite get there, reasonably easy in a reasonable amount of time, a reasonable budget. Make something else yeah. and work your way up to that. Make a great table instead of a rubbish house. <laughs> yeah. So start off small with it, which is a table, right, which yeah, is a yeah. nice little short film where you only need this certain camera, which could be the the saw and the hammer, and then the house. Well, you're going to need a lot of people and a lot of equipment and a lot of things, and that's the bigger side. So don't try to make the house when you've only got a a, a saw and a and a hammer. <laughs> <laughs> if you can decipher any of those analogies. Yeah, uh, well done to you. I'm sure there's something good in there somewhere. Yeah. Anyway, so let's let's wrap up. That was this week's topic, which was does it matter what you shoot on? And I think the conclusion there is um sometimes. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> sometimes, yeah. Sometimes. Uh. Okay, so moving on to round two of Dun 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 dun. Oh yes. <laughs> Keep it going. Terminator. <laughs> <laughs> so this <laughs> Oh man This is the best one yet Right I'll, I'll do it So this is where I'll fade it out This Don't is worry. where you, Yeah it's faded out So this is where you have to guess The name of the film And the character Based on the opening narration Right So this is the first one again I'm going to start off easier I'm going to start on the second sentence again As the first one gives a lot of wear This is quite quiet For the people at home So I'm sorry if this is really quiet Um but here it is. I was living in a small town in Oregon called Castle Rock. <gasps> it is Stand By Me. There were only 1,281 <gasps> people. Stand By Me. He's got it, yeah. World. It's like I his second it, favorite. I don't know. Well, you, you, last week, it is. Last week you said it was your second favorite film, Gordy. so I thought you'd get it. It's Gordy. It is. When he's older, obviously. So this is the opening sentence, which I quite like. It's a good way to start. I was 12 going on 13 the first time I saw a dead human being. It's a good opening, isn't it? Yeah. It happened. I only watched that about six months ago after uh, Rich told us and really enjoyed it. I keep it. nagging you to yeah. watch it like every other day. <laughs> Have you seen Sam <laughs> <laughs> uh, Great. Two points, two points to Richard then. Wicked. Moving on to narration number two. This is a bit, bit more obscure, but it's hopefully still gettable. Men are haunted by the vastness of eternity. And so we ask ourselves... I know the actor. Will our actions echo across the centuries? Oh, is this... Will um... strangers hear our names no, long not. after we're gone and wonder who we were? Is it 300? How bravely we fought. It's not, but it's a similar, similar region. How fiercely region. we loved. Anything? It's, um... I know the actor, I think. Um, it's Sean Bean, isn't it? It is Sean Bean. Yeah, Yeah, I thought well it was done. Sean Bean. Can we play it again? Yeah, I can do. Men are haunted by the vastness of eternity. Is it a film or a and TV so we show? Ask ourselves, it's a film. Will our actions echo across the centuries? Da, da, da. Will strangers hear our name? I don't, I don't, think, I don't I, think you're going to get it. No, I don't think um, I've seen many. Like, I only really know them from... I wouldn't, have, I wouldn't have personally got this unless I, you know, if I didn't choose it myself. I just, um, It's Troy. Ah, that was the second thing I was going to think of when you said 300 was very similar to it. 
I didn't realise he was in Troy. No, I didn't either. I don't uh, really like that film. Not, is Brad Pitt in that as well? Brad Pitt's um, Achilles, isn't he? Oh, right, okay. I'm not in it. I haven't either. <laughs> <laughs> no. Sean don't, Bean. Don't bother, it's not that good. It's yeah, not, that's no. why I'd never watched it. So for the people at home who were playing along, the, the character of Sean Bean's name was uh, Odysseus. Odysseus? Odysseus. That's, Odysseus. How, that's how you pronounce it, yeah. I would never have gotten that anyway. Odysseus. Nah, me neither. Uh, so, 4-2 to Richard. Yeah, 4-2 to Richard. I like this game. Yeah, it's good. What's it called again? It's called... Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> dun, 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 Terminator. <laughs> do, do, do. Well, that's the, that's the, has to be the jingle, isn't it? Yeah. I'll get that, I'll get that recorded. Okay. Moving on to the third segment, which is called... You haven't seen that. I haven't seen it. <laughs> and this week's film is Goodfellas. For as long as I remember, I've always wanted to be a gangster. <laughs> so Goodfellas is a 1990 American crime film directed by the great Martin Scorsese. The film narrates the rise and fall of a mob associate, Harry Hill. No, that's not Harry Henry. Hill. <laughs> There's only one way to find out. <laughs> American guests, uh, <laughs> listeners are not going to get that. So he's called Henry Hill. <laughs> he's called Henry Hill. And he, um, yeah, it follows Henry Hill and his friends over the period of 1995. Henry <laughs> Hill and Joe Pasquale. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's widely regarded as one of the greatest films in the crime genre. Um, it was made in a budget of $25 million. And it grossed nearly double that at 46.8 million and received plenty positive reviews in its day from critics and was nominated for six Academy Awards, including Best Picture and Best Director, with um, Pesci winning Best Actor in the supporting Bespon, role. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Yeah, yeah he's well, he the, deserves he's it. He's the guy from Home Alone, isn't he? He yeah. is the guy from yeah. Home Alone, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one of my favourite films, and I know it's, a, it's a lot of people's favourite films. It introduced me to the world of gangsters. It's the first gangster film I you, ever saw. You deliberately wore your double-breasted coat today <laughs> you, when he turned up with his slick back hair. Um, yeah, I was instantly transfixed by this world in this film and kind of introduced me to other films. I introduced me to Martin Scorsese. And from here, I went on to watch like The Godfather and Casino and A Bronx Tale and and all those kind of um, from that time. And and then I ended up watching The Sopranos as well for a year of my life, which mm. is, you know, one of my favourite shows Then now. you got sent to prison after that because we become a gangster. <laughs> and, and I was walking around whacking people and uh, and saying wise guys yeah. and... And, t- and then I developed a cocaine addiction at some yeah. point. <laughs> Whoa. Watched Scarface and that was it, wasn't it? <laughs> what do you um, think about so awards then? Do you think this won any awards? Can you guess? Oh, I've said that. You just said that. Yeah. Did you? Yeah, you're Sorry, too- I was... <laughs> I was listening to the music. <laughs> I said Pesci won Best Sporting. Um, it got nominated for six Academy Awards. Did it? Yeah. I hope the listeners uh, are paying more Listen. attention. Apologies. It's okay, man. So, let's. well, you're the one that didn't wa- haven't watched this, right? Yeah. What did you think? Before I give my opinion, what do you think I thought about this film? I, th- I think you loved it. I did, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was wicked. Uh, yeah. I've, I've always been disappointed with The Godfather. And it, it seems well, this like isn't the, like The Godfather. This well, is a lot funner. That's exactly what it is. Yeah. It's The Godfather people deserve. Yeah. <laughs> I understand when people say, oh, you didn't like The Godfather. You should watch Goodfellas. And 
I was thinking before watching this film, is it going to be another one of these hyped up films that I don't think delivers in the modern day? But this is a pretty wicked film. Yeah, I think it is overlooked. I think people, when people think of gangster films, they do automatically go to Godfather. Um, I do think that is because it's just so fun to watch that people think it's a bit kind of bit of a trifle of a film, you know. But um, the fact that it's so entertaining, they 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 expect something a bit more serious and heavy and drama focused. Um, but I think it's still got a lot of. It's a little bit more comical, this, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's still got a lot of themes in there that are worth that are quite heavy and you know a lot of social commentary but See, just the, not as not as like overt as a thing like the godfather what, what i liked about this film compared to the godfather is that we see we see uh henry hill from like the day he decides he wants to be a gangster yeah all the way to the time when yeah, spoilers, it's, like a, it's, it's, a, it's a, in a period piece isn't it whereas with the godfather you've got the main character uh what's he called again curve uh, Michael Michael Corleone, yeah. yeah, and he sort of he, he comes back as a as a veteran from the war, and then like instantly just becomes this gangster over the space of of three hours, turns from a guy who doesn't want to be part of anything to the leader of the biggest gang in the country, and it's just kind of like, well, all right, where's the where's the middle bit? And in this film, you get to see all of that, which I really liked. Get to see the growth of the character. Yeah, so should we start talking about the, the characters in the story? I guess we already have. We already have. But yeah, I think like, I suppose I suppose like The Godfather though, it did, it's quite a long, it's quite a lengthy film. Yeah. Uh, but it does give you time to to kind of be in this world, this gangster world. Yeah, there was a whole hour of the film of like sort of building up people's backstory before. Yeah, there, there's not a lot of, it's not no particular plot in this film it's just kind of it's just a bunch of events happening in a row yeah it's kind of just makes you you know view what it's like to be in the mafia the highs and the lows and which i quite enjoyed yeah rob you're yeah, not I'm, saying much there's a saying everything that's <laughs> good about this film i mean like it says the highs and the lows it's and you see you see him as a kid and what's interesting about the, the obviously the opening scene that's halfway through the film you know, and it's, it sets up that. It does um, set the tone. Like when I watch yeah, that yeah. and then like the music comes on and it freeze frames, I'm like, all right, I'm, I'm in Martin Scorsese's yeah. world here and this is going to be a ride. Yeah, and originally that was in halfway in the script and it was just going to be a linear film. And they thought, you know, Martin Scorsese says, he thinks it's a, such a good idea of have them driving along and then there's a banging in the boot. And they're like, what's that? We've got a tyre burst. No, no, there's a guy in the boot and then they open it and he, George Pesci just stabs the guy. But it's his mum's knife. Yeah, you know yeah. that you see, and then you you know you see that scene later That's on. What makes it that, that scene later on such a fun scene to watch as well? That's it, yeah. isn't it? It's like the fir- the first scene should should inform, so it lets us know about the camaraderie of these three people. It entertains us essentially because we're, we're hearing this bump and what's going on, and it also intrigues us to to know more about what's going to be happening in this film. Mm-hmm. So it does the setup like in the threes completely yeah. perfectly, and and that scene is. It, their downfall as well for killing that guy. Yeah, yeah it's, it's the, like the halfway point, isn't it's it? It's the, the the beginning of the end for them, isn't it? Yeah. So it's like Scorsese saying, "This is an important scene. Mm. Let's leave you to think of that. Yeah. We'll go back yeah. to the beginning. Yeah. We'll come we, back to it later on." And he, like he says, he's right. He, he sets up the characters, sets up the story, sets up everything just from that. I mean, yeah. if, it, if it started with you know Henry Hill when he was younger and it was a linear story, it wouldn't have been as fun, I don't think, because you hadn't, because you're hearing uh, Ray Liotta's voice all the way through it as well, um, yeah. which really does work, the, vo- the voiceover. Um, 
so seeing him as young as well and still all the voice it's it's it works it does uh what i really liked about in terms of the character contrast as well was you've got um ray liotta's character uh and then what, how do you pronounce uh joe joe pesci pesci, pesci. and like how they're tommy com- tommy devito tommy Vito. tommy devito something like something that, like that yeah. yeah um how how like very different they are the sort of like the, the 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 cool guy and like the nerdy one but it's the nerdy one joe pesci who ends up like blasting people away like he's got more to prove he's got yeah. a the Na- napoleon complex hasn't he yeah, 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 yeah. Little and the, they go down these different routes yeah. uh, you see through the film like they get they just split down the he's, middle he's, from the start and you see he has to prove like a like short man syndrome yeah. sort of thing he's such an intense person i watch that you've got no idea what's going to happen next when he's in a scene yeah um that yeah. scene at the beginning where when you first, you're where a funny first man. when you first introduced to joe pesci as a the, like an older guy yeah yeah it's the, it's I've, funny, I've seen that one, i've yeah. seen that yeah the are you what do you mean i'm funny what, how am i funny how yeah the, like i've seen that before and it's just like i don't know what i'm, yeah. just, I'm nervous watching it's the tense. scene yeah, <laughs> but what scorsese did well in that as well that he kept it quite quite wide the shots on both of them normally yeah. you'll be in a tight end shot but he wanted to sh- show the reactions See of the people everyone around, around them. them yeah so it's uh that really works because you just feel you feel really awkward in that scene you do just watching it too right well i was gonna say about the characters as well was how Scorsese kind of makes us complicit in their actions. Like these are quite despicable characters that we're watching on screen. They're, you know, they're committing murders and crimes and all these horrible, horrible things. But how, how all the way through, we're relating to these people and kind of <laughs> laughing at their jokes and and you want them to succeed. Yeah, you want them to succeed, which is quite a, a strange thing when you think about what they're actually doing. And I think I think what he did well with the direction and that as well, and the storytelling and the script was we never really yes we see them do crimes, but we never see them do a big heist. Yeah, there isn't like a big setup point, and it's like we're going to do lo- this bit, like, and this is the big action scene. Not like Heat, you know, in, in Heat you, you see the the scene at the end where they're just blasting out. I of suppose the, bank. the violence is always in, inflicted on each other, aren't they? Rather than society around them. Yeah, I mean, you, you never, they're never really, ha- they do harm civilians. Well, but actually, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's that a, same it's way a tri- bashes that fair guy's face in with yeah. the edge of his gun. Yeah, I mean, well, he deserved it though. That's the thing. He was a bad guy though. Yeah. He yeah. was. Yeah, so, yeah. but you know, the, the rob all of this money and, you, but you're still wanting them to succeed, but you, you never, what I liked about it as well, you, you never, oh, we've got this plan to do it and then they've done it. Yeah, it's what just, I really liked about this film is it it's, it's another character story, isn't it? It's it's got nothing to do with um the big heists and stuff like you say. Like um the main guy finds out that they got like the millions of dollars, well, over the, the over show, the radio yeah. in the shower. Yeah, because it that doesn't it doesn't really matter. We don't need to say it. It's about them becoming these people. It's mm. it's about a, like a growth story, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, and uh, the whole likability as well. Like, how do you think they've they've ended up making these characters so likable? Like. I liked them. I thought they were amazing. Wow, that's a good question. It's got to I be mean, good. Get down to the casting as well, isn't it? That's um, true. Yeah. I did, um, Ray, what's he called? Ray Liotta. Liotta. I don't like him as an actor in anything other than Goodfellas. Mm. I think he was amazing in this role. I mean, it was one of his first major roles, and it was a big role to 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 fill. Yeah. Um, apparently, he really wanted it though. He like he he knew they were making it because it's based off obviously the book. Um, and he he read it and he he listens he listened to tapes from Henry Hill because they had all the recordings from him and he yeah. did all the research and he changed agents to make sure he could get the role wow. and everything like that. so he wanted it yeah but the thing is with this film for him this should have set him up for I mean he's been in a lot of films 
He's never been the main role, not not it's like kind of like Mark Hamill syndrome, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No one, yeah. no one else really got. Or oh, he's the only one that didn't really get anything. No, not really. That. No. Well, he got the Joker. Yeah, but even Mark that, Hamill. that's still like a cult kind of thing. He's he's still just in the well, background. With, with Star Wars, the only person that ever got any major success was Harrison Ford. Harrison Ford, yeah. yeah. Like, where did where did everyone else go? They just disappeared, didn't they? It's yeah. like. But it's it's in the top ten the most gross but, films of all time and yeah, yet yeah. he couldn't get any other roles. But we talk about really Leonardo in this. Like Robert De Niro is the best person in this. He and he says he just says half the amount of lines. Yeah. Robert De Niro like takes over a scene just from his look. I really like that about this film. I feel like uh, De Niro is very overpowering in terms of uh, who who he is in a film and stuff. But he sort of he played a very very minor role, but still I, it was always the, the three of them mm-hmm. even yeah. though he, he was in it a lot less than, than him and uh, well, Harry well, from Home it, Alone he wouldn't have been able to play Harry he wouldn't have been able to play Henry's role Robert De Niro no, it, it wouldn't have been no, no. right well on the poster he's front and centre isn't he yeah well yeah. he was the most well known yeah the well that's it. that's the part of the uh, billing laws isn't it that's why yeah. his name's slightly above everyone else because he's on the line above mm-hmm. you said that you told me that last week and I thought that was really interesting but then on if you look at the credits he's second after oh the credits are a whole different oh, they're all a whole that's different debacle that's normally just appearances okay in, isn't it so my, I think that's screen time possibly right okay so um, okay let's move on to direction then we touched upon it I mean um, I think well, no, no, go, go ahead, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, uh, Scorsese's the perfect person to direct this film. You know, he's the only director. Well, no matter how many films he's done in his in his oeuvre, in his time, he'll always be known as making gangster films. Gangster guy, yeah. He's the gangster oh, yeah. guy, isn't he? Right. Um, well, he grew up around them, didn't he? So. Well, that's what I was going to say. The reason he does it so well is because he knows this world inside out. Yeah. Because he grew up, and I imagine you've got the same facts, but he grew up in... in New York, <laughs> I thought you were going to say, oh, and Rob, I, I know you've probably got the same story here. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you live living on the streets. <laughs> oh, yeah. No, the, the story goes... Gangster points. The, the, the story goes, you know, that the scene at the, the beginning where we see um, Harry Hill is the... Henry Hill. Henry Hill. Henry Hill. Looking out of his window at the gangsters below on the, in the the pizza place, yeah, yeah the pizza the, place. They've all got the suits on. He's kind of looking at, across his blinds. Hmm. Apparently, that was Mar- that was Martin Scorsese as a kid, right. just looking out at all these yeah. gangsters, wishing that he was a gangster. Mm-hmm. That first line, as far as I can remember, I always wanted to be a gangster. Yeah. That was Scorsese. Yeah, um, which I mean, in the in the film as well, his, his direction. It's a lot. Of the film from the script is improv, but not improv on set. So they did rehearsal for every single scene, and he allowed them to improv from the script from there. And then he changed the script to suit that. So people are like, well, on set it doesn't look like he's doing much, even though he's very particular about every every single tie and color and what's on the tables and plates. People are like, well, he doesn't. He's not really directing too much because he's done it all. Yeah, he did it all in the rehearsals, and, and he th- trusts. He's, I think he's there's active. a thing. There's a thing in that as as a director of giving your cast that creative power. Mm-hmm. Uh, it might definitely add something to a story. Yep. And, and I, 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 do you know that the, the thing we talk about the the thing you're funny scene? Mm-hmm. The why am I funny? That actually happened to De Niro as a kid. So he co-wrote that scene. Oh right, yeah. Which I really like that about director when they're asking the experiences or they tell us, oh, yeah, let's put that in because mm, the yeah. actor can relate so much to that. Yeah, Sam exactly. Mendes says that, doesn't he? He says yeah. if you've got, you're sitting in the in the room and you've got 20, 20 cast and crew, you've got 20 other people thinking about the same film, 
like use their brains because yeah, someone else yeah. might have a much better idea for a certain yeah. execution. And yeah. you've got to have a lot of confidence in your own ideas to allow people in like mm. that. Yeah. You know the um, the mob boss, the main guy? I can't remember what he's called now. Polly. Polly. Um, I love the scene, actually. We'll, we'll, I'll just touch on this. When she's introduced to everyone at the wedding and everyone's called, um, was it Polly and Pete or something? Well, yeah. And everyone's yeah. called um, Marie. Marie. <laughs> I love that scene. Um, but yeah, um, Polly, he does, you know, the scene when I think it's the big first score um, Henry Hill gets and he gives the um, Polly 60 grand. Yeah. And he's, oh, you know, this is going to be a good time. Thank you very much. Um, they did that about, you know, six times and they're laughing at the beginning of the scene. But what the actor did was um, he told a joke, a, okay. a different joke at the beginning of the scene. Yeah. And Scorsese seen that and he just went, go on, you do what you need. We'll just, we're just here. We we'll, we're going to film this, and he had to tell the joke every single time. He says, "By the time we got the sixth one, it was a bit dry." The joke, yeah. but it just shows you just he, he let the the cast and just you know be in that world because that character, that actor, found it very difficult to 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 get into that role. He, even though he looks like an Italian mob boss gangster, yeah. you know he looks like he's got the perfect look, but as a person, he couldn't get into the role. He's done a lot of stage stuff. And it, it took him so long to get in, it, and he he, he 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 was trying to get out of uh, doing it. Two weeks really? before, he, he, he was like, I cannot do it, I cannot He's panicking. panicking. And um, he's so panicking so much and he just like went past, he says he went past the mirror uh, in his uh, apartment and there was a look on his face and he knew that was it. There was like a dead look on his face yeah. and he was just like, I've got it. And then he went through <laughs> that the entire film, which is really okay. interesting to do. So like he says, he was trying and trying and trying and get it and he couldn't, but it was just two weeks to go panicking and he just nailed it. So. And he's, he's, like he says, he plays the I character. wouldn't mess with him. Oh, no. he's, he's such an imposing presence yeah. in this film. He's like the kingpin, isn't he? But mm. considering he, he barely says two sentences in the entire thing, mm. to have that to have that presence is quite, a, is quite an achievement. Yeah. That look at the end, you know, when he's in the courtroom and he points at Robert De Niro and he points at Paulie, yeah. Yeah. those looks that he gives him, it's just like, oh God, it's, yeah, it's, yeah. Quite, it's quite impressive mm. to portray that in a glance. Right, so let's move on to the cinematography. It's obviously an incredibly stylish film. I think um, Scorsese never wants you to forget that you're actually watching a film here. You know, there's lots of freeze frames and, and cuts and breaking the fourth yeah. wall at the end. There's, um, you know, that one one shots. And, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's a lot, lot of style There was a wanna. What? Yeah. Where was the wanna? The most famous scene in the film. Don't be daft. You kidding with us? No, seriously, I yeah, don't know. Laugh. You I know when they go into the the. Are you kidding us here? When they pick no, up let, the let briefcase. No, let's do it, Rob. Let him, <laughs> let him so when think. they pick up the briefcase. Ah, oh, in the when the restaurant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, he goes through the kitchen. Yeah, right, yeah. There's about three and a half minutes where <laughs> the camera doesn't stop. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> honestly. Didn't even think about it, but which, I... Which is like wicked. one of the best scenes in cinema. Yeah, and it was one of the longest single takes in, in American cinema history at that time. At Obviously, the time, there's, yeah. there's been a lot of films that's yeah. been influenced yeah. by that. With, with that, um, the, obviously, the one one take, they did it eight times. Oh, really? Yeah. That's not bad. But this says they did it eight times and the, the, they actually shot something else in the day as well. So they didn't sweat about it. <laughs> I, I would be stressed. I would, it takes a week. It would take a week for us to do that. This, this was the first time I personally saw this in a film, that kind of long take shot. And I was so excited when I watched it. I remember the moment I just wanted, I was watching this film by myself, but I wanted to pick up the phone mm. and call someone and talk about this scene. Mm. I wanted to, I couldn't wait to get to school and like, have you, have you seen this? And you know what they did in this film? You know what they did? It was insane. had to build that entrance as well into this, into the thingy. Wow. They did. And what was interesting about that one shot, they, they nailed it uh, like the first four times. 
No, no, they didn't. They, but, well, they nailed it 99%, but you know when it swings around to the comedian at the end, the one yeah. he kept messing up. Oh, oh no. no. So it's like, but he has to be in it, and he's quite a, quite a famous guy. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. And, but he's quite old, and he was doing these one-liners, and he messed up so many times, so they got everything right. So I imagine that was really frustrating when that happened. I think that, that, that scene in particular does such a good job in telling what it's trying to tell as well, which is, look at this kid. How powerful! The whole thing about it coming from nowhere, coming to, from this this twenty yeah. odd year old, um, you know, he walks in and he's tipping gives, tipping gives tipping bar staff, telling yeah. jokes to it, everyone. Like it, it sets up about four different things, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, we we learn so much about it. Like you so say. this is this is the moment where Harry, Henry is the, at the peak of his career. Um, everyone's yeah. just falling around him. He's so in control. He's leading Karen through the kitchen, and it it, it kind of feels like the cameras just trying to keep up with him because yeah. he's just kind of yeah. kind of zooming around um, but it's a very very seductive scene both to Karen obviously this is the moment she kind of falls falls for in love with him and to the audience as well about how cool is this world I want to be this guy Too I right. can walk into you want to be the guy who has access to the kitchen of a of like a mob's exactly. front of a restaurant like and sorry I know the chef you know people like to say oh I don't I can get you in I know the DJ and this is just the coolest thing. Ever, yeah, it's it? intoxicating. But it's a, again, it's a perfect example of show not tell. We've just shown all that. There's no dialogue in that entire thing, but we know yeah. exactly who this guy is now. Yeah, there's, there's a really good bit of, there is actually a good bit of dialogue, you know, when there's a, them two people like making out halfway through. He's like, every time I come in here, you two, every time. And just, <laughs> just like, well, you come in here all the time, don't you? This is just hmm. normal. It's, it, yeah, it's, it's so, so great. It's, it's the camera work. It's the cinematography that's telling yeah. the story here. And it's the blocking as well. Uh, blocking so, so it's about the... We've got a, a wave of movement going mm. from the left to the right and then a little bit of counter movement. Even though they go around the kitchen and out the, the same door. They Do come, they actually? They, pretty, they literally go around in a, in a circle and then just veer off to the so left-hand side. So does, does, is the character doing that so we can prove to this girl, like, oh, I can go in and no, talk to it, all these people? No, I think it was just it a was camera just trick. They wanted yeah. to show the kitchen more because it would have right. just been, they would have come in and then veered off to the right, probably, and they would have been in the place. Ah, so they made a loop around the so middle bench a, or something, yeah, didn't it's they? Loop around. And okay. it, they had to, like, create it, but that's the only way they could really do it. So, yeah, but right. It works. I can't imagine what what it must feel like when you've, when you've nailed this. When you're, like, when you, I mean considering there's so much movement i imagine he's probably sitting in the video village like watching the camera at this point and it's like right and action go and action on these and go and he's just watching it all unfold and it's like and then it's like cut yes yeah let's do it again (laughs) must be exhilarating yeah and how many times have we seen that in films since yeah and a lot of the time they're doing it because they want to do a wanna and not yeah, because what's the it, purpose of this one at? and this is very much purposeful isn't it yeah yeah uh, anything else about cinematography I mean we'll, we'll probably go into a bit more when we go into editing as well because yeah well, let's go on editing yeah I let's mean, go on editing he breaks all the rules as well with this Um, so he's got voiceovers he's got free free freeze frames he, you know he's got him talking to the camera Um, and there's a lot of people there's the continuity errors in this are atrocious, but you forgive it because it's so amazing. The, What's the, the continuity errors? It's just like people picking up things. Oh, yeah, oh, we, right. were talk- we were talking about this. Uh, and missed, the, there's times where one of them goes to put his dressing gown on and then in the next cut, it's already on and he's already halfway out the, out the door. Oh, right. And it's not significant enough that it's that it's the next scene. Like you'd think this should cut on action. But we were, me, Rob was saying, uh, 
because he does it so many times, mm. it's just forgivable because that's it becomes the art of the film. Yeah. And the the the, the lack of the brush strokes there or the the fact that he didn't clean up the edges. As long as you don't clean up any of the edges, you get this really nice like mm. blast yeah. of, of mm. whatever it is, flaw. Yeah. And the ed- the editing, especially in that um in the scene where you keep seeing the helicopter, it's just it's so quick. And the the they tested this, um and the people were like, Oh, that's too quick. So he made it even quicker. <laughs> uh, and, just, and it works it works so well I mean and today that would be uh, there would be three frames of, in between each each shot just because you know films are cut very quickly now and I, I think he set that um, and that, that's such a great scene when he's he's coked out of his head and he's, he's trying to he keeps seeing this helicopter and mm. it's there it's not there and obviously she just makes that, that last mistake on the phone but it's the editing he breaks all the rules but he, he does it in the right way because he know, he understands the rules. Yeah, so. yeah, you need to know the rules to break them, don't you? Yeah, um, yeah. So it's over. I think it's over two hours long, or just just around about that point, which is quite long for a film. Quite long for a film like this. But I didn't feel like that to me. I don't know about you. It's, it's, it's very. About, it's I'm very, sure it's about two and a half. Two and and half hours, it's only because there's so much story to tell, isn't it? But yeah, it's just so entertaining. It's very fast paced. Yeah, it's two twenty four. That was two twenty four. Yeah. Again, quite a long film, but it certainly didn't feel like that. Um, I was telling you last week my, that my DVD. Of this, it's so my DVD's, DVD. my DVD's so old, and this film's so long that halfway through the film, the scene actually kills. Um, uh, what's he called? He kills the, that guy, the maid guy. Yeah, what's he called in The Sopranos? There's a guy. Oh, the, the guy with the eyebrows. Yeah, oh, they've all got big eyebrows. The guy I was with gonna, the eyebrows. Pesci, Pesci shoots him. Yeah, anyway, uh, in the bar. Yeah, Billy uh, Bats. Yeah, Billy, yeah, Billy Bats. Bats. Frank Vincent. Um, after that scene, my my screen goes to black and goes, please turn your disc over. <laughs> <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah, But yeah, I think it's that uh, fast paced and the, you know, the kinetic energy that kind of makes this film so special. It wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, be what it is. Yeah, the music really helps as well. There's a lot of um, offbeat triplets. So it's like a it's like a fast jazz sort of drum beat. Like, yeah. in, when he yeah. was when yeah, they were yeah. writing as well, he was writing notes about the music and things. I mean, I'm skipping ahead of the music. No, it's got the music. Yeah. Um, he he wrote a lot of notes, and it was from his experiences. So, for example, the song that was playing out of the pizza shop was the one that was playing out of the pizza nice. shop when he was younger and things like that. And he just takes it from different experiences. Like, right, that song's going in there as the writing it. I know why I didn't notice it was a wanner, because there was a there was a um a Beach Boys cover. Uh, sung, sung by uh, women rather than men yeah. so they changed the lyrics uh, instead of and then I kissed her to, and then he kissed me and I was just like singing along like da, da. Is that oh, Beach Boys? I thought that was they copied off someone oh they might have I yeah, just know, know that's a did. Beach Boys song yeah um, little fact about the soundtrack uh, Scott says he only used music that would have been heard in the time period of which the oh. scene was in so if there was, you know, the scene was in 1975, yeah. this, he, this, only, he only played music that would have been on the radio in 1975. Because yeah. okay. this spans quite a few years, doesn't it? Yeah, so. well, 55 to 80, so it's mm. 30, 35 years there. It's quite a long time. Yeah. Anything else about the score or the soundtrack? Spot it's such a cool, cool score, isn't I mean, it? The, 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 the song in the one is the one I recognise the most. Yeah. Um, so it's it, it's. I recognise the one where he kills, after he kills that, the, the big kill. Yeah, the boss. Yeah, it's the end of Eric Clapton's Layla. Mm-hmm. That's a good song. I like that song. Um, right, moving on. I think we're moving on to fun facts now, isn't it? That one. Any fun facts, Rob? You, you. Um, like I've, a good I've fun kind fact. of, you know, the the one I was it takes. Um, there wasn't really anything 
it was just watching some of the behind the scenes as well you, you can see the actual interviews with henry hill with the actual guy um which is interesting i was like i'm sure he must be still under protection but no he, he, in talking about his life and there's a little bit of a funny thing he says near the end he says i would be lying if i missed it if i didn't say i missed it there's some things that you know were good but he could never go back you know to to, to all that of what he did and you know the things is he, he a schnook He's like mellowed down, and he's he's talking to camera like so. It's clearly he's uh he's not that bothered. No, I think that he probably just wants them to come after him again. Uh, Do you think this film's aged then? Yeah, sorry, I realised I jumped ahead. Um, has it aged? When did it come out? Nineteen ninety. Nineteen. So it's two years before yeah. I was even born. One year before I was born. I was born. Huh? Came out about twenty years after you were born. <laughs> yeah, about that. I'm in it. I'm in the background. Um. <laughs> I'd, uh, no no I don't think so either no I think in 20 years time the aesthetic of this is still going to hold up I think the storytelling will hold up I think the visual style and the editing and yeah, everything I, I love the, the, the restaurant-y like warm colours and stuff mm-hmm. the, there's a lot of reds reds and oranges and stuff especially in terms of the uh, on top of the tables and then mm-hmm. you get a lot of like uh, hairs coming out of the faces and stuff. It's very warm. It's like a it's like a hug. This film, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I don't think it's I don't think it's aged. No, I mean this is a probably about third third or fourth time I've seen it, and every time I see, it, I kind of get something new from it. Right. You know, because when I watched it before, I'm not really thinking of it as a you know breaking down the film. I never really thought about the editing, but it, the editing is so good. Right. And there's a lot of people that's you know taking this. Um, for example, John Favreau's first film, um, Swingers, um, he takes a lot of um, um, ideas from Goodfellas. Yeah, they're not gangsters, but the way they look are. Right. And the way they act and the way they want to act, because in Swingers, you know, they're, they're just trying to be lads, really, aren't they? Right, okay. Um, and he, the, like, even, because when I was watching it as well, I've, I've got kind of a bit of a gangster, gangster piece. And some of it, I you would like You can't say to- that. A gangster piece. That a piece is a gun. A gangster piece. I don't have a gangster piece. I have a gangster script. Is that better? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have a gangster script, and there's, there's kind of the certain. I think because the the film I've got is the you know cliche thing of around a kind of a poker table and the losing money, and I think I would love to set it the way they set it, especially when Joe Pesci shoots that kid. You know that type of scene with the small. That was my favorite yeah. scene in the whole film. So I, I think I'll, I'll definitely watch this again before I make make that because I think you'll just get so many good ideas from it. Yeah, this is definitely the more the most rewatchable gangster film of all time, I would argue. Like it says people forget about it. And I, I think I do as well and I think it would go in my top ten. Yeah. Because it is just that good. Yeah. I was and, I was surprised and not surprised at the same time. Yeah. Uh because I've I've seen a few Scorsese films before and I understand his visual grammar. So it felt so familiar, yet it was just like an explosion of storytelling at the same time. It was, it was just immersion, yeah, pure immersion. And its influence as a film is enormous as well. Um, I would say it's just as, just as big as influence as God, The Godfather. Particularly, twenty five of the actors in this went on to star in The Sopranos. Did they really? Oh, so yeah. like the supporting cast and stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow, the guy who gets. Uh, like the guy he's who gets he, killed yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. he's one of the main guys they've all got big eyebrows though don't they oh, I've got a fun mean? fact actually they, so they employ real gangsters to play mm. some of the extras no, do they? but they give the fake like IDs and fake social security 
uh, numbers, so there was no way that they could pay them. So they, they just came onto this film, acted as extras, and then just left. <laughs> they knew they were never going to get paid, because obviously gangsters get paid in cash. The FBI agent that takes them in at the end was the real FBI agent that took in the real... Oh, really? Wow, real. that's good. Because he was very straight-talking, yeah. like, not taking anything, wasn't he? So, nice. And cool. Sam L. Jackson's cameo as well. I mean, it can only really de- be described yeah, as a cameo. Jackson, yeah, yeah. He, he plays um, when they're doing the big heist. He's part of... He, he, oh, he's, he's the one the driving truck. the truck. Yeah, he's the one driving yeah, the truck. Yeah, he is. Because he gets... Uh, Joe Pesci killed him. And he does the most amazing dive forward when he gets shot <laughs> in the back of When he gets shot, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he probably died. I mean, it was pretty close to the gun, like, so you would probably get shot forward like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, would you do it differently? Have we answered that? Talked about that yet? I don't think I would do it differently. I think... If I was going to make a gangster film, this is the style of gangster film that I want to make. Yeah, like, I mean, really cool. Yeah, if you're going to make a gangster film, you would just probably do this. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. It's it Too would be right. very difficult to beat this. Well, I'm I'm writing a script, a piece, as you would say, Rob, uh, and it starts off with narration and a flash forward. Uh, yeah, obviously, I, mean, I didn't see this before, but it was, and it's about these like four guys who are trying to to do a heist, essentially. I mean, if you the because I obviously know the story and everything. It's uh, it, this is very much based off the way you could edit this, the way you could shoot it, yeah. and the way you could tell there the is story. This, there's freeze frames and stuff, is, and goes to like this? their mug shots yeah, yeah. and stuff. So yeah, it's it's definitely something. So you if could I could ask War Marty Scores to, oh, I've got this script. Do you wanna do you wanna <laughs> make it? I'd happily let him direct this film. Yeah, there's four people in it. You know, he's got a good cast. You Colin. know, one's called Rob. He could just get Robert De Niro in it. And <laughs> yeah, Bobby De Niro. Right, any more fun facts before we wrap up this no, segment? No, I think that's everything. How, how should we sum this up? I like this film. Everyone, I, like I think this everyone film likes as well. this film. Um, yeah, go watch it. If you're one of the two people in the world that hasn't seen this film. Mm-hmm. It's in my top 10. Yeah, it's in my top 10. I think last week as well, we watched American Beauty. That's in my top 10. <laughs> American Pie is also in my top 10. So there's a bit of a very... We're, we're mixing up the ranks, aren't we? Yeah. With these films. Definitely. It's good. So, I may, maybe not top 10, but I'm going to watch it again because I feel like, like you say, uh, last ability, you can rewatch it. I feel like I'll I'll get to study it next time and it probably will reach my top 10. Top 11. <laughs> <laughs> so next week's film, next week's film, we are decided to watch Her, mm-hmm. which is... Um, Fin- is it Fincher? It's not Fincher, is no, it? No, it's Spike, um, Spike Jones. Is it Spike Jones? Spike Jones. So the film Her, Spike Jones, I've seen it quite a few times. Uh, Rich, you haven't seen it. You don't actually know what it's about, which is... No, is, I just know there's Joaquin Phoenix. This, Joaquin, this is going to be interesting Phoenix. for you yeah. to watch it. <laughs> yeah, this will be an interesting one to see what your opinion is because it's it's a bit of an indie. Um, it's a bit weird. and Lots to digest. Lots though. to digest. But yeah, I know, uh, Scarlett, Scarlett Johansson. Yeah, Scarlett Johansson. I don't know what part she plays. Good. She okay. I'll, I'll no, no, we'll don't, don't tell anyone. So if you want to um, watch her and then kind of see, and then what watch you- the film her. Lads, lads. If you want to watch the film her, and let us know what you think, and join in with the con the conversation next week, you can send in like your thoughts, and we'll we'll add them in. All right, moving on to the final round of trivia, and we are playing. I've got it. 
Terminator. Trivia. <laughs> 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 no, it Terminator. <laughs> Let me just do a bit of DJ in here. <laughs> so, Sorry, no, yours was definitely better than mine. So the scores on the doors are 4-2 to two, Richard Scott. Moving on to the first voiceover narration of this round, which is this. Every weekday for 12 years, Harold would run at a rate of nearly 57 steps per block for six blocks, barely catching the 817 Kronika bus. I know what that is. You do? I don't know what the film's called, but I can guess the actor. Is it a run, fat boy run? It's not, no. Has it got Will Ferrell in? It's got Will Ferrell in. He's closer than Rob in. Oh, is it? um, It's the one where you can hear her... It's like his in a monologue is this person who's writing a book about him. He's yep, that's the that's you've I got don't the know what it's there. called and I don't know what the uh the the character's called. Beginning with so. an A? No, that's the one with uh, Nicholas Cage in it. There's there's yeah. listeners at home shouting at you right now. I'm really sorry. I've seen the advert for this film. It yeah, was at the I start well, of a yeah. lot of friends videos. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, I don't know what it's called. It's called Stranger Than Fiction. Uh, that makes, yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. His wristwatch would delight. I've not seen that. It's good. It actually it's a really, really good film. Yeah. Will Ferrell. I would highly highly recommend yeah. it. Yeah, it's one of those rare films where Will, Will Ferrell plays a serious role. The best roles. The best roles. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Apart from semi pro. I really like that film. Um, and the the character which you all know because you haven't seen she's called Karen um, Eiffel Karen Karen oh. Oh. not Karen Karen <laughs> sorry and, and Karen's the, act, the actor was Emma Thompson if you couldn't tell there oh yes yeah Emma yeah. Thompson yeah. yeah right moving on to the second one uh, Rob you need to get this right or you've lost Richard you need to just well you need to get this right as well I suppose <laughs> otherwise it'll be a tie <laughs> yeah right here here it is Um, Clockwork Orange. You haven't had the narration yet. Clockwork Orange. There was me. It is Clockwork Orange. I don't know the car. I've never seen it's this. It's definitely so a Stanley Kubrick song. It's definitely that's his music, said, isn't it? Song. <laughs> <laughs> it's um. All right, I'm gonna turn this off. It's quite loud. I know, it's quite loud. Uh, no, I I know the actor's face. I, I, I can't. I don't. I don't know, know his name. face. I just know his face when he's old. Yeah, me too. So the, <laughs> act, he the actor is Man- Malcolm McDowell. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. I've, I've met Malcolm McDowell. You know what? Clockwork Orange. Really overrated. Did you not s- like that film. Oh, with the character before we got into that, the character is called Alex for the people at home. Okay. Yeah. Clockwork like Orange, it. right, is a film that people pretend to like. You, no, so I really like so Clockwork Orange. You actually I legitimately actually like, like it. This I've film. seen it a few times. I really do. You just don't like Stanley Kubrick. Possibly not. Yeah. This film Stop was just, universalizing your opinions. This film was very, very overrated. <laughs> I feel like a lot of people like to pretend to like this film. Same as Pulp Fiction, actually. I feel people like to pretend to like that film. Okay, that's a different. It's a lot better that's than d- Clockwork Orange, though. <laughs> Clockwork Orange is just crap. <laughs> You're is this the film where he gets like the big vase shaped like a penis kills someone with it yes he does yeah, yeah this is that terrible film I'll <laughs> I need to watch this so. that'll be how it could be our next Kubrick um, so an interesting thing has happened where you got the right answer but you yeah, didn't get know. you didn't get the bonus point I don't know how I, I don't see the thing is I've not seen it like but I know more about the films that I haven't seen yeah so it's 4-3 
Oh, so we could fun. just end the quiz there, or I could do a bonus one to see if we can draw. What do you think, Richard? Well, you won. No, because <laughs> I won. And I, that's fine. That's fine. I couldn't get that one. So. <laughs> I'm gonna let. I this don't know one, why yeah. I even offered that. Yeah. Yeah. Richard, you've won. Slide, you've won. Even for some reason, <laughs> I got more points. Yeah. <laughs> Rob's gonna. Do you want to? Do you want to stick with the winning? <laughs> 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 do you want to potentially lose? Well, Which one do you I want? I mean, it's it's season two. Rob's won at one 0 so far, so I've got you to need take all the points this win. Get, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. very true. That's so fair. that yeah, that was plus you got Terminator two in the example, didn't you? So you won. Yeah. Right. Yeah, one one overall. I like that Terminator. Terminator. We need to make that. You laughed like the Terminator thing too. There, you went ha 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 <laughs> all right what's up next christian right. so this next we are taking questions from our loyal listeners and we have we have one this week from a very <laughs> yeah, nice it's, man it's a it's a comment and a question yeah half of this comment is just patting us on the back which we which we would you know welcome so too right we will so greg kane says hi guys i want to compliment you and congratulate you on the podcast thank you very much I really appreciate view, news and views. Nah, nah, nah. And that's in brackets, by the way. That's in brackets, yeah. And topics catered to indie slash prosumer budgets and levels of experience. Nothing beats your overall enthusiasm and the, and the fun that you bring to all the topics. Oh, it's really nice, right? It is. Yeah, he, he goes on. The cinephile snob in me was initially tempted to sneer at guys with film podcasts having such uh, glaring blind spots. Um, he's referring to you haven't seen that but instead it has been a joy experiencing your discovery of film classics which i like that because that's that's almost, the that's reason like the tagline of that's the reason why we started this yeah yeah because we wanted an excuse to finally watch the films that we haven't yet watched yeah yet. that's why it's existed like you greg i was annoyed I'm, i would class myself as a cinephile snob <laughs> was, and was tempted to and i did sneer at both of them because of their, their when the we glaring blind seen spots <laughs> you know but the thing is when i say about that at least i can experience them films for the first time again oh no, yeah that's exactly it yeah he says it's been a joy experiencing your discovery of film yeah. classics like that's yeah and awesome. there's, there's probably some merit in waiting to watch these film classics uh, when you're at a, a point in your life when you can appreciate them more yeah i was yeah. i was 13 years old when i watched a clockwork orange so Maybe I need that's, to watch that's that again. That's probably why you hate Stanley Kubrick. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> no, we watched 2001 A Space Odyssey and we didn't like that. Ah, that was pants. <laughs> All right, we're, ten- we're, we're moving from Greg's, Greg's so he continues comments to say- So he continues after that. Um, you have brought me back to the time period in my life and made me jealous of the film treasures you have yet to uncover, which is true as well. So my question, he finally gets onto that, would be what advice you um might you give to someone who is interested in creating short films but is mostly stuck shooting travel videos and cutting together videos of my cats we've all been there greg uh, you sounded like a proper radio voice there didn't you <laughs> we've all when, been there greg <laughs> the time is nearing 25 to 12 i mean um, i'll answer that where, question no if i'm you not finished it. where would you recommend a hobbyist find others with whom to collaborate that's his question. Networking where, where events he, where are always he, a great Where does he thing. find people? Yeah, filmmaking, filmmaking, networking events. You can find them on well, Facebook. I mean, filmmaking, networking events. Um, seek out um, short film events, film festivals. Film festivals are um, always a good one. Yeah. You know, even if you go to um, film screenings or a film club where the, you know the, the meet up every month, there's going to be at least one person at a, a film club who makes films. 
or who wants to anyway, who might just need your hand as well. You know, they might be in the exact yeah. same situation. So anything, go along to anything film related and there'll be someone there who makes films, wants to make them and might be able to collab. Would you recommend reaching out online? Yeah, I mean, someone, even if you put it out on social media, oh, I'm looking to, to try and get into short films. None of your direct friends might be interested in it, but they might know someone. So what about his first question, which is just general advice to give to someone who's, you know, cutting together some some nice videos for YouTube but wants to get a bit more serious. What um what would you suggest for that? I mean, if it's if it's travel stuff and you're doing that, um I would still stick with that. Try and tell a story from where you've been, what what you do, uh, but try and create your own style. So you 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 constantly doing something a little bit different, a little bit creative, try and learn new skills within that because a lot of skills that you could put into travel stuff can relate into um, making short films um, storytelling-wise. Um, you know, when you're away, you might see an interesting person or you might be able, be able to interview that person and try and make a story around them, the visuals, um, maybe even try something new with your titles or colour grading and learn those skills. Get good at the editing because that's all about filmmaking as well. So make sure... The, the skills that you need to make, like cat videos and travel videos, will be transferable to that. So get the best you can at that. And then when it comes to doing it for a film, you should be yeah. comfortable using at least the editing software. And if you still can, uh, this is actually a real good excuse to get yourself off to film school. You know, there's no one else around you who who want, wants to make videos with you. If you go get yourself to university and go off to a film school, you'll find 20, 30 people who all want to do the same thing as you and they'll all be in the same boat. I mean, this does wager that you, you don't have uh, commitments already. So you probably have to yeah, be a little bit young, don't have any kids, don't have a wife. But yeah, commitments, even then, money. Ask the kids and the wife and you never know. They might say, you know what, Greg? You get yourself off there. Get you to film school. Thanks for that, by the way. Yeah, no, it was a really nice, it was a really nice message. Um, and please send us some of your cat videos. I want yeah, to see we want to see yeah. them, yeah. Yeah, and your travel videos. Be interesting to watch. So he he ends his message by going, "Thanks again for the YouTube channel." So he must be he must have watched your. Thank you very much, Greg. Yeah. Thanks for tuning in. And thanks for the new podcast. It's a lot of fun. Cheers, Gregory in Frankfurt. So that's exactly from, what we wanted from this podcast. We from, said straight away, if we're going to make a we, filmmaking did podcast, we pay, that's did we pay Greg to write that? Because it's like <laughs> he says yeah, all send right the right <laughs> Greg in Frankfurt, copywriter for this this company. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we've got German listeners. It's really nice. Um. That's the only question we have this week. If you want to ask us a question, you can throw us a line over on Twitter or you can find us on Facebook like Greg did and you can find us at The Film Look. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at the same time, all at The Film Look. Um, you know, we post different things there, so BTS content on the Instagrams and we, we talk to people. So if you want to directly um, get to us on Twitter, you can talk to us on there. Um, check out our YouTube channel as well, like Greg. He um, He's subscribed to, subscribed to our YouTube channel uh, where we make videos, well, two videos every week, actually, don't we? Yeah, we make them on a Tuesday. They're very educational and filmmaking and they're, they're great and they've got great production value. And Sunday, not so much. It's a bit more experimental. We do something called Story on, in a Can. Yeah, on Sunday, it's a bit of a... 
Sunny, we see, just filled it in yeah. a little bit more at how the moment, quickly, don't we? How quickly can we make a video and turn it around to get it out in a Sunday? So <laughs> it's always a little bit different. It's always just depending on how much time we have to make those videos, but That's we have true. fun doing them. Um, we do a thing called um, Popcorn Sundays where we, we watch other people's short films. So if you're interested in short films, we, we kind of point out some good ones that you can watch. Um, on there, there'll be another one of them out on this Sunday. Yeah, we also review people's short films. So if you if you don't have any uh, um, outlets for constructive criticism, send it over. Uh, we comment on every single video that gets submitted to Popcorn Sundays. We can't feature everything in the video, uh, but we do comment on all of them and give our sort of a quick review on things that you can do next time that'll hopefully improve your filmmaking skills. Yep, and apparently if you go on iTunes and subscribe, Rate, Give us a rate, like comment, five stars um, or it kind of. I tried to do that the other day. I tried to comment on the, my own podcast and, <laughs> and give it a five star rating. I even put in the description, "Oh, I think Christian's the best," <laughs> <laughs> and it didn't let me post it. I was really oh, disappointed. No. Well, there's there's already one on there. So which, if, if you do rate, just put Christian is the best. Yeah. We've got well, we've got two now. Yeah, yeah what, we've got someone uh, called Johnny Black Jeans. <laughs> <laughs> might be one of my friends who I told her to comment. Yeah, and one of them might be called Not The Film Look. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah which well, I think that comment... No, I, I saw there was three when I went on. Oh, there's another one. Yeah. You I want to get it up yeah, now. Lucy, when we, when we Lucy finish posted this. it. Oh, yeah, well. Lucy posted it as well. Um, <laughs> Just everyone we know. Yeah. yeah, so everyone we know. So if you if you have the time, go on there. If you like us, if you don't, even let us know about that as well and we'll um, we'll read them out and we'll... It might help. It might help us. Apparently it does. So is that everything, guys? Yeah, I think, I think, I think it is, yeah. Yep, so if you want to watch the film Her next week and be involved in the conversation, go and watch that. <laughs> we are going to do that. Uh, Richard hasn't seen it, and I think it's going to be a good discussion. Yeah. Um, I'm looking so, forward to it, yeah. Yep. So as always, thanks for listening to the Film Look podcast, where we try and achieve it one shot at a time. And until next time, see you later. Bye. Goodbye. <laughs>